All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to the FS360 Financial Security 360 podcast. Uh, you're joined today by host Gavin Nash, and today I'm joined by our resident expert in the Geelong office for all things financial planning, Danny Archer. G'day, Danny. Good morning, Gavin. How are you going? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're coming to you around the end of April 2022, so feels like the pandemic might just be behind us, but um, it feels like it wasn't two years ago that it started. But anyway, it was because it was two, two years ago and, and about two months. So I think this year seems to be sort of flying along by, um, which is really the topic for today's um, chat, uh, Danny, about um, the thing that comes up every year, end of financial year. So, um, you know, we're only two months away, mate. We are only two months away. Time time absolutely does fly. And touching on, on the pandemic, you know, it does feel like that's in the rearview mirror. And then there's another big, you know, issue that the media like to talk about. So on the on the morning shows all week, all I've heard about is inflation and the cost of living and the doom rates. and gloom there and interest rates. Interest and if there's, going up. as yeah. soon as one negative piece of news some starts to become old news, they, they quickly find something else to, to jump down our throats. But now you're right. So... It is the end of April here when we're recording the podcast, so we do have two months available or well, left in the um, 2022 financial year, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to record a pod about some of the opportunities available to our listeners um, that they have available to them to, to take advantage of before 30 June. Because tax, or you know, people often think that end of financial year is tax planning only, but it's sort of it's an opportunity to look at your whole financial. Um, situation, and I know that's what you're going to run into today, mate. But just to rewind slightly, just on that, um, uh, you know, the morning news stuff. It's funny, isn't it? Because obviously the federal elections on at the moment, so uh-huh. that dominates, you know. Um, but I don't know about you, Danny, but sometimes I feel like the federal election stuff's all such big picture. It's hard to actually relate just to what you're doing in your life, you know, and whether things are going to affect you or not affect you. They love talking in, you know, tens of millions of dollars and billions of dollars for this, and we've committed billion dollars here and a billion dollars there, and I don't really know what any of that really even means, you know. So yep. I think I think it's uh, it's easy to get sort of swept up in that day-to-day news. Um, the pandemic was an example where I think, you know, for the first, you know, 12 months we were all looking at the the Premier and the Prime Minister say their um, press conferences and then after a while you're like, oh, I'll just find out afterwards, I'll get the dot points later. So I, th- I sort of feel a bit like that's what the federal election is. Like it's this big thing happening in Australia at the moment, but – um, you know, in a lot of ways, today's podcast, you're, you're nearly far better off putting your time and energy into thinking about the things that we're going to talk about today because they'll actually affect you personally. Correct, yeah. No, the election stuff is absolutely big picture and they're promising, as you said, billions, tens of billions of dollars in funding or cuts or savings in five sort of ten years. But then you've got to think, well, hang on, I'm, I'm living now and, you know, one of the big things, as I said before, is about inflation, cost of living, that's a, that's a thing that's happening now. How can you help us help us now effectively as the federal government? But they're not too focused on that. They're more too. Fo- they're more focused on making sure that they save face and say and pretend that they're focusing on the future and going to provide in you know a better lifestyle for everybody. Then, but as you said, you know we need to be thinking about the the here and now for sure, especially in your own. S- personal situation and it can feel a bit selfish if you think that way but in a lot of ways who else is going to think about you if you don't so I think um yeah today's pod especially I think uh, talks about all those things that are available to you now between the start of May which is mm-hmm. sort of when this pod will hit 
yep. uh, publication right up until the end of, of June 2022 and what things are in place now. Because as we found out on previous podcasts, Danny, lots of uh, rules change, lots of laws change. So it's a, it's a good opportunity. Um, and I know you've put a bit of effort into today's um, pod, mate. So, And also I just wanted to mention to the listeners uh, that if today's podcast if you if you're sort of listening and you think oh, i wouldn't mind reading a little bit about that it's going to be available as a news item on our website so yep. just under at molk.com.au um, and just click on the news tab at the top because so. there is a case study that we will go through which does have a few numbers thrown in it so if you do sort of get lost in me explaining it it is there in writing so yep. you can sort of reverse back over it go back and um, have a bit of a look yeah and have a bit of a look and it might make a bit more sense So the title for today's pod, Danny, is End of Financial Year Opportunities, Superannuations, uh, Superannuation, Deductions and More. So I'll let you make a start. Yeah, thanks, Gab. So as we've said, we're drawing towards the end of the financial year and most of the time, you know, it's pretty cultural in Australia for us to start thinking about tax time. Oh, I can get my tax return done. What sort of tax return am I going to get? Um, You know, it's the time of year that you pop in and see your accountant in the hope of getting a bigger return this year than you did last year. Um, And whilst, yes, the cash injection is nice, um, there are more opportunities at the end of the financial year available to us than just our tax. And side note, tax is number five on the FS360, um, number five on on the 12 steps of the FS360 um, graph. So leading into June of each year, working people should really consider the opportunity of putting more money into superannuation, number 11 on the FS360 graph. There are multiple benefits depending on your age and income, of course. So if your income um, you know, is higher, there are more benefits than if your income is lower. So firstly, you can potentially save around 32% in tax if you maximise a certain uh, contribution type into superannuation. Further, superannuation is the most tax-effective way to save for your retirement. So if you can sort of put some money into superannuation now in your 30s, for example, you're doing two things. You'll save tax and you'll boost your retirement savings. So you're killing two birds with the one stone there. So contributing more money to super now means you won't have access to to it until you meet a condition of release. So that's probably the main risk. However, as you near retirement, you'll be pretty thankful for every extra dollar you put into superannuation through your working years. So you've just got to find that balance. I wouldn't be recommending a client put every single dollar of their savings into superannuation now, because they can't access it until they're 60 ordinarily. So you've got to find that balance between superannuation and investing outside of superannuation. And I think um, just on that point, Danny, I always say money's a funny thing. Um, the more you've got, the more you spend. So let, let's say, you know, you might get a, Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like you get a $2,000 tax return. We can easily go and spend that whole $2,000 really fast. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's got three things they want to go and buy straight away. But if you sort of said, oh, look, I'm going to spend a thousand of it, but I'm going to put a thousand of it over here into super, you're not really going to lose, you're not really at this, like after you've spent that $2,000, you don't really remember what you spent it on or you, you start using the equipment or you might not, whatever it might, might be, be a gym membership you never use again or whatever. So, but that thousand dollars you put into super is going to work for the next X amount of years for you. Correct. So in a lot of ways, um, I always used to say it was a good thing for my kids growing up, Danny, with the teenagers where I'd say to them, look, you get a wage from the supermarket or from Baker's Delight where you work. Put, let's put half of it into an account so for savings. The other half, spend it. Go for it. Spend as much as you want. But let's try and put a half or 40% or whatever it is just into this savings and then you can save up something bigger. So I think that tax return that you get now, it's a really good way of thinking, well, do I need all of it? 
do I actually need any of it? You know, but if uh, as you say, you might need some of it for your day to day expenses, but there might be a percentage of it that you can do some of the things we're going to talk about in a moment. Correct. And it should be seen as a bit of a bonus too when you do get a tax return. So if it is a few thousand dollars, then as you know, you hit the nail on the head, Gav, do you need to spend all of it? Now, if you've got a lump sum thing, like I'll be honest, we need a new fridge. So we're buying a new fridge with our tax return because our fridge blew up. Now, that's just part and parcel of life. Um, so we're just going to use a bit of it for that. But the rest, we're going to save, as in when I say we, my, my partner, and I, we're going to save X amount, put some towards the fridge and then put some towards building our home. So we're not wasting it, which, you know, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of in the past by mm. wasting it on just something because you can, yeah. um, particularly when, when, you know, you're a uni student or whatnot. So um, it is easy to spend your tax return on things that you might regret. So, you know, if you are under financial advice or, or even if you're not, just think twice about what you do spend your tax return on and just make sure you try and make it as meaningful as possible. But, um, you know, one of, my, one of my clients has a really good saying. He says, Danny, I've got an eye on the future, but I also have an eye on today as well. Yeah, you which want to is, live. Which yeah. is a really good, it's, it's probably the, the, the saying that's resonated with me the most um, in, from my client base. And you're right. It, it literally means, yes, I know I need to save and I know the future is important, but... The future is also not guaranteed. Yeah. Today is. So I want to enjoy I want to enjoy a bit of both. And he's very good at finding the balance. Absolutely. I think I think if you if you went through life saying, I've got to pay a house off and I've got to do this as fast as I can and I'm never going to travel, I'm never going to have fun, I'm never going to have a nice jacket or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, then you just yeah, you're robbing yourself of what life is, you know. But um at the same time, yeah, I, I, that's what I said at the start of this little conversation was money's a funny thing. You know, you you can spend it all really fast or you can spend the maximum amount really fast if yep. you need to but uh, today's pod's about maybe having to think about um, whether you can whether you need to spend that whole amount or not absolutely so continuing on so we also need to remember that there are different ways to get money into super each have their own forms of rules restrictions benefits etc so do contact an advisor for more info um, and there are actually a few recent podcasts um, and blogs online that do discuss some changes to superannuation coming into force um, in particular july 1 this year so moving on to the case study listeners we're going to talk about fred who's a 35 year old male he has a super balance of $150,000. Fred earns $90,000 per year and his employer pays $9,000 into superannuation as per the superannuation guarantee. Fred typically doesn't voluntarily contribute any money, any extra money into super. He's more than happy for the nine grand that worker putting in just to keep ticking over. Um, however, in the 2022 financial year, Fred sells an investment property and he has a, a taxable gain of $100,000. Fred has owned the property for more than 12 months. Therefore, he's eligible to apply the full 50% capital gains tax discount to that gain, meaning only $50,000 is taxable. So he's got a free $50,000, which is great, but the ATO want him to do something about the remaining 50. Fred has a couple of options from this situation. He can simply accept the money and then he would pay tax on that 50K at his full marginal tax rate which for Fred is around the 32.5% tax bracket. Wow, nearly a third. Big yeah. chunk, right? Yeah. So the first 50 was free, but on the remaining 50, we want a third of that. Thank you very much, Fred. <coughs> However, he also has the option of contributing that amount of money, the 50 grand, into superannuation, which would provide a large tax benefit. And I'll break it down here for you. So Fred and everybody else has a concessional contribution limit of $27,500 per annum that they can put into super. 
Now, those concessional contributions, the reason why they're called concessional is they are taxed at 15% on the way into super. And what, what work are putting in for you or salary sacrifice, which a lot of people are doing, they constitute your concessional contribution cap. So again, in Fred's case, 15% tax is better than 32 and a half. Absolutely. So he and everybody else has a $27,500 cap, of which work is already putting in $9,000, which means that Fred has a at about an $18,500 gap remaining or cap space remaining for him. If Fred were to use the $18,500 from the property sale of that $50,000 that's taxable and contribute this to super as a concessional contribution, the tax would be 15% rather than 32. Now, for a dollar figure, that's a difference of around 3200 bucks. So yes, he doesn't get that money, but it means, I mean, he does through into his superannuation, so he doesn't have access to it. But Fred's overall investment portfolio is not paying $3,200 in tax in that regard. So he's ahead. That's good. Absolutely. So he started with 50, just do a quick little recap before yep. we finish off. So he started with 50,000 um, and he can contribute 18 and a half of that uh, because work's already contributed nine. nine. It's getting yep. to 27 and a half. That means he's going to contribute his 18 and a half, which is going to save him $3,200, which otherwise just goes straight to tax. Straight to the tax man. Yep. So um, big bonus. As you there. say, he doesn't get that 8500 in his account now to start spending on, on travel and a boat. But uh, it is, as you say, if you look at your uh, super as part of your overall investment portfolio, yep. he's put 18500 in there and he saved 3200 in tax. And he's 35. So assuming his superannuation is invested adequately, that amount of money could pay for the retirement and the boat that you just mentioned in retirement. Absolutely. The travel in, and boat in retirement. Sorry. When you've you got time to use it, Danny. Correct. Yeah. What's more, and I think this is a pretty cool rule change, um, it's only three or four years old, it's called the carry forward of unused concessional contributions rule, which allows a person to access previously unused concessional contributions from the last five financial years in a rolling period, starting from the financial year of 2019. And what I mean by that is, again, if we use Fred's situation, mm -hmm. if he has only really ever earned $90,000, Therefore, work has put $9,000 into super. From the 2019 financial year, as I said, the, the $9,000 forms part of the cap, but anything in that cap space that he hasn't used, Fred can now retrospectively go back and access those contribution, that contribution cap space if he has the money to do so. Mm -hmm. Case in point, when you've sold a property, um, a share portfolio, inherited some money, anything like that, they allow you to retrospectively use your unused cap, which I think is great because in the past, if you didn't use it, it was just exhausted. It was gone because, and the, the argument is, well, I wasn't of the means in 2019 and 20 to actually maximise my cap, but I now am. So why should I be disadvantaged? Which and Fred is because he sold the property. So absolutely. He, so the year that he's got the money. He's got the money to do so. So you're saying that the 18,500 he's put in, he can actually increase that. Correct. Because um, he hasn't, done extra contributions in the last five years. And I'll explain in a bit more detail now. So assuming Fred has earned $90,000 since 2019, remembering that work put in 10 th about 10% of that salary um, into super as a as a concessional contribution, which Every is 9,000. Yep. So the difference between what work has put in for him and his cap space means that he has around $48,000 of unused concessional cap space available for him to also use. So you can kind of see where the benefit is. So this means Fred can use the remaining taxable amount of the property sale 
which is about 31 and a half grand from um, and contribute this to super at 15% tax rather than paying his full marginal tax rate of 32%. Now, the dollar saving here is five and a half grand. Is that in addition to the three two? Correct. Earlier? So the total, so in one transaction, Fred has used his superannuation opportunities available to him to firstly save around $8,700 in tax. And he's also boosted his retirement savings by around forty-two grand. Wow, massive! Uh, and you're in that that boosting your retirement by forty-two thousand is in today's money. You know, correct. So let's say he's thirty-five, which is what we said. So in another twenty-five years, when he becomes sixty, and most people can access some super if they need to. Yep. Um, you know, with compounding interest and you know your investments with your super fund, you know, you, it could be multiples of that. Yeah. So a huge benefit, and you've got to remember too, Fred still has the first fifty thousand dollars of the of the gain that he doesn't need to pay tax on. So that's just he can do whatever he likes with that because in this situation he's effectively used half of his gain to save for his retirement and, and help him out from a from a tax point of view. And then with the other fifty, if he wanted to, he might upgrade the car or go on a holiday because you know, you've got to, as we said before, you've got to live life a little bit. So he, he's done two things. And he might have worked pretty hard to make that 100000 100. out of that property. You know, yep. he might have painted it, he might have renovated it, he might have spent his weekends there. So so he needs to enjoy yeah. himself a little bit. So it's a pretty cool strategy um, that just means that you're not isolated to the current year's cap space anymore. You're actually allowed to use a, a five-year rolling period of it. Um, and the other part here that I've got written down is, there is no lifetime cap on this. So you can do this as often as you like or as often as you can. The only thing you need to adhere to is just what your cap space is. So as long as you don't go over that, you're fine. But there's no lifetime cap. So a lot of other um, contributions into superannuation, there is literally a lifetime cap put on it. Yep. You don't, you're not handcuffed by any of that. So. Yep. That, that as well, I think, is a, um, is a pretty good benefit too. So also as well, there are certain conditions that um, you need to meet to ensure the above is done correctly and also you're eligible to do so, as in your, your balance can't be over a certain amount and a few other things. So as always, do speak to your advisor um, before you look at doing um, utilising the unused carry forward contribution strategy. But it is beneficial if you're eligible to do so. I think it's a, it's a good message, and we say it a lot, but consult the professional, you know, in this situation because what you don't want to do is think you've got it right and then you've you put into the using the wrong code into your super fund or whatever, so then all of a sudden it doesn't do what it was designed to do. But rewinding a bit back to the start of Fred, he had 100000 Yep. It's a bit like my daughter, I said earlier, she earns $100 from Baker's Delight yep. one week, put 50 of it into savings or into your, on this in this case into your retirement which is savings yeah tax effective happily savings happily spend the other half happily yep. spend the other half so um, I, I think uh, that that sort of isn't it funny like that sort of way of saving sort of for, even for a young person um, when you don't have a lot of expenses and stuff so you can easily say well, I can spend all this hundred or I can like Fred in this situation could go and buy the boat you know and the caravan you know and yep. the holiday um, spend the and whole save none. Yeah, and then have a tax bill probably at the end of it. Um, he would. Well, so he would, he'd have a tax bill of 32. 32% of 50. Absolutely. Which so is about 15 so yeah. or more, which is not right. ideal. Whereas this situation, I like the way you said it earlier, Danny, where you're looking at your whole investment portfolio. And that's what retirement really is part of that. Yes. And a lot of people will say, oh, look, that's my home loan. You know, I'll own my home or I might own another property or I might have some shares or whatever. But, you know, if you look at your overall um, investment portfolio and you're going to save, if someone said to you, oh, you know, do you want to save 8700 which is what you said in the in the uh, um, 
The case study. case study. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a no-brainer. Everyone would say yes. There's a common misconception that superannuation is its own asset or its own thing out there. It's not. All superannuation is in its most simplistic form is just a tax-effective environment that we can invest in. Mm. So the maximum tax rate you can pay in super is 15% which is huge. You know, that's less than the lowest marginal tax rate other than zero in, in, in Australia. So what Fred has decided to do here, he's, he, he's investing for his future, but he's just doing it in the tax-effective environment. So another alternative that I didn't mention is Fred could have invested the whole amount if he wanted to, but he would have a lot less money to actually invest with because if he did accept it in his own name, the overall tax bill is a lot higher than in superannuation. So he would cost himself a fair bit of money. That's why you would just use the environment of super to invest because you can invest inside of super very similarly to how you can outside of super. There's effectively no difference as to where your money ends up being. It's just what tax bill you end up paying and, and that's obviously that's obviously a big one. So Absolutely. Um, you can cut and dice it a few ways, but the, the benefits the benefits are pretty obvious. And another thing too, Gabe, is you don't have to have sold a property to make the most of superannuation. There are plenty of options available to you other than that. And some of them include simply salary sacrificing a portion of your wage each pay cycle, which a lot of people do, whether it's 50 bucks, 100 bucks. If you're in your 50s and super's pretty close, you know, uh, so retirement's pretty close on the horizon, you might be salary sacrificing up to your $27,500 cap. But anybody can do that. You can anyone. At any time, yeah. Anyone and can do that. As you say, if you're closer to retirement, maybe some of your other expenses like private school fees or home loan are in your past. So, um, But even people that are young, Danny, if there's a 25-year-old listening to this podcast, I would say you know, 10% is what the, the employer has to do. Mm-hmm. Every employer in Australia should give you the option of saying, I'd like to make mine 12%, please, and another 2% of your own money goes into that every single week. They have to. If so you, that's if a you good way want to, do to If you want to, they, they, they have to do it. Um, you know, subject to, as I said before, I wouldn't put all of your money in if you're a 25 year old, but it absolutely would boost your retirement savings. Yeah. It 50 bucks a week, 50 bucks a fortnight, yeah. something like that. And you know, the co- compounding interest um, is a wonderful thing. Another way you can also maximize your um, concessional contributions is another recent rule change, which is making what's called a personal deductible contribution, which is nothing more complicated than rather than doing it via periodically like a salary sacrifice contribution, Mm -hmm. you just make a lump sum. So you might have saved some money through the financial year. It's sitting in the bank account. It's accumulated. You've done all you want to do. You've traveled, you've bought a car and you've got 10 grand left over. How do I want, what's the best way for me to save and invest this? You can make a lump sum contribution into super and just tell the ATO you want that to form part of your concessional contribution cap subject to availability. So again, you don't need to have sold a property for that. You can just be saving uh, month to month. Mm -hmm. Some other two contributions that were quite popular when they came in, you know, these guys have been around for a fair while and I was saying to you off air, Gabe, they've lost a little bit of their sexiness because there are other, you know, contributions um, available to us now. But one of them is a spouse contribution, which effectively can result in a $540 tax offset to the person that contributes to their spouse's superannuation. Now, there are, there are sub, uh, certain rules that you need to meet. The main one here is the spouse needs to be earning less than $37,000 per year for the contributing spouse to, to claim their $540 offset. But 
that's pre- that's pretty good. That's literally five hundred and forty bucks that would come off your tax bill. So a situation might be, you know, uh, someone working full time, the spouse is working part time, so might have kids or whatever, and you know, you're not going to earn your thirty seven thousand dollars a year as the spouse, and so you can have that five hundred forty dollars. It's a good way to come in from your partner. A couple of things. So the maximum you can put in is three grand to get the maximum offset. So the main reason is just to make sure that the person who's staying at home, their superannuation still still increases. Ticking along, yeah. Because you know, there, there, there's a big risk in Australia where the stay-at-home parent, whoever that is, they're not working. No yeah. superannuation. So accumulating super. Correct. Like, so like the working parent is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a good way to be able to even out super. Um, another one is your um, government co-contribution. So for this one, Assuming anybody, same situation, let's say um, there's a state-at-home parent, that person's earning under $41,000, all you need to do is make a $1,000 non-concessional contribution to that fund and the government will give you a $500 co-contribution. So the easiest way to look at that is you get a guaranteed 50% rate of return. The, go- the government go, yeah. thank you for contributing to your super as a lower income earner. Which as is your a result, money. As it's a still result. your money. It's still part of your investment portfolio. Absolutely. As a result of that, you've boosted your superannuation. We will give you a $500 co-contribution because remember, the overall, um, you know, the big, 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 I guess, reason for super is to pr- provide your retirement savings. The more money that we, the Australian public, have in super, the less social security payments the government need to pay out. That's why it's so handsome. That's why it's so tax effective. Yeah, that's why they're making it attractive. As Correct. They, they want you to maximise it. Tax effective investment option. Not with every dollar because that would be too good. They would lose too much tax. But it costs them less to have less age pension payments as it does by giving people tax concessions in super. That's why there are a lot of benefits to do so. Um, that's only for people earning up to 41000 Correct. Yep. Correct. And then on top of that too, if you have met or maximised all of your concessional contribution caps, um, you can still make non-concessional contributions. So you're allowed about $110,000 a year of those ones. So there are plenty of opportunities out there for people of all, all um, types of, of walks of life. Also too, the end of financial opportunities don't just stop um, with those of us that are still working. So our retired friends can also benefit. So this forms part of your retirement planning or number seven of our, of our 12 steps. One of the more recent podcasts and blogs, which was written um, and done by Lindy, focuses on um, how some changes to superannuation can really benefit those of us that have retired, particularly in the age of 67 to 75. So I would absolutely recommend our listeners that are interested in that to go back and have a read of that. Only a couple of episodes ago. Very today, recent. Because it's a pretty recent change, so... That one also touches on a couple of other changes the government has announced, um, which are additional means to get money into superannuation, particularly after you've sold your home, the home you live in, not an investment property. So these are on top of the normal concessional and non-concessional contribution caps and can be also hugely beneficial. So as the end of financial year approaches, um, it's definitely time to consider options. And we've obviously discussed a fair few today. So we're hoping that... um, it's applicable to a lot of the listeners out there. And then just a way to sort of recap, in addition to superannuation, there are other ways of increasing your tax deductions or tax opportunities um, before 30 June, which can help lead to an increased return and also provide some other benefits, which I'll touch on now. So one of them is taking out income protection insurance, personally owned. So if your income protection insurance is owned personally, by what I mean by that is in your own name, not in your super fund, the premium for that is completely tax deductible to you. So if you have a $1,000 tax deduction, um, uh, it's a $1,000 premium and your tax, tax rate's 
you will get, you know, $325 of that back when you do your tax. Yep. So handy. And the and, other benefit too and, is and it you're protects protected. you. <laughs> yeah. You're so protected. And we, we have spoken about the income protection in previous podcasts we too, have. Danny. So there's plenty of info there on some previous episodes, guys, about, um, you know, the benefit of income protection. Another one is prepaying interest on an investment loan. So if you've got an investment property out there or a loan that you've used to buy a basket of shares, which is interest only, you can actually prepay the next 12 months of interest. You talk to your bank and literally organise it. A benefit there could be Fred, for example, who in one particular year has um, more income than normal and he wants to increase his tax deductions in this year to get his tax down. So Fred, for example, if he had another investment property, he could prepay the, the interest on that in this financial year for next financial year, which means he gets the tax deduction now when he's got the higher taxable income. So That's one I didn't know about, actually. Clever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, again, another one that... to um, interest on, on investment loans. Another yeah. one that probably isn't as popular as it once was based on interest rates being so low now. Like, a lot, you know, when they were 5 6%, your deduction was a lot higher. So yep. therefore, it might be more beneficial at the moment. It it's doesn't quite, you know, you ha- have the same benefit. So it has lost a bit of its popularity. But if, if rates go up, which and they're do you likely find to do. In that situation, Danny, are banks happy enough to work with you to sort of estimate what that'll be for the next 12 months? Typically, or? you'll pay a slight premium because yep. they if it's a variable loan, they don't know what variable rates are going to do. It would be hard. If it's locked into a fixed rate and it's That's interest easy. only or something, it would be really easy to calculate that. Yep. But they yeah. typically allow you to do it because they get their money up front. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. opposed to in six months' time, you could go bankrupt and well, you don't, and I don't, you don't think get money. There's a business in Australia that wouldn't accept money up front for anything. I don't think there's a business in Australia <laughs> banks, that would banks either. Included. <laughs> bit, oh, banks included. Um, another one, too, which I quite like is you can invest for franking credits. So I won't go into too much detail as to what they are, but um, if you invest in a basket of Australian shares in particular, they can come with a thing called franking credits attached to their dividend, which can go a long way to offsetting a lot of the tax payable on that dividend. And if you've retired, it can also result in a, in a large tax refund or franking credit. So um, they can, that's, that's a really good opportunity there. As you say, we won't go into franking credits in detail today, but interesting that franking credits was a big deal at the last election, talking about the federal election, like it was sort of a big deal... They wanted to get rid of them. Yeah, this uh, this federal election gone. <laughs> no because one's, no one's um, talking about it. Labor were going to get rid of franking credits, and also they were going to reduce a lot of the tax advantages for family trusts. Which, yep. if you walk down Packington Street or Sturt Street or wherever it might be, most of those hospitality retail businesses would be owned through some type of trust. That's just what the numbers say. Yeah. So they didn't realize that if they actually, um, you know, found a way to, I guess. Um, give more tax consequences to the owners, that would filter down to the employees who Labor are meant to represent. Yeah. So if you as the, as the owner of a business had a higher tax bill, which means you have to fire two of your employees, yeah. what does that do for the labour force? Yeah, exactly. So those two things, the franking credit changes and also changing some tax... Focus on family trust. Advantages. Yeah. That's yeah. what lost Labor, the what was called the unlosable election when yeah, the Liberal yeah. won um, a few years ago. So, yeah, so it's not the main part, but... Gone very quiet on that this time around. Which is no surprise I because... I just mentioned that because that was something that I was, was quite a big deal. I remember it being, you know, whatever it was. Was it three or four years ago or something? 18 2018 yeah just it didn't make sense then it doesn't make sense now um and i think they're sort of regretting that that policy but you know they'll learn no no poly's perfect are they another couple of things you can obviously increase the amount of work or business related expenses you have so your phone bill your internet bill your car all that stuff you can join professional bodies so depending on who you with so if you're in allied health you can have an ARPA um um 
um, membership or if master you're builders master or builders, master plumbers. Yeah. You're a nurse. They have their own ones. Teachers have their own ones. Financial planners do. Accountants do. And let's say that's, you know, $1,000, whatever it is, but it might actually give you a whole lot of benefits throughout the next year that you didn't really Normally they do. do. Normally yeah. they do, yeah. Right. So... Um, you can also make donations, and I've only just chosen four or five there. They're obviously a lot, a lot more available to people, but um, there are plenty um, end of financial opportunities available to almost anybody. So, you, as I said, you don't need to be wealthy or anything like that. Um, so, it certainly pays to contact your advisor to see if any or all of the topics that we've discussed today um, could be potentially applicable to you. That's great, Danny. And look, as we said at the start of the pod, there's quite a bit in that. Um, there's some numbers. So I encourage anyone that's listening, if you wanted to go through and just read some stuff through in, in detail, it's going to be up on the news page of molk.com.au. Um, so a full written article as well as you know, this podcast, if you wanted to give it a re-listen or whatever, you can listen to it straight off the website. So interestingly enough today, Danny, we've spoken about six steps of the 12-step FS360 process that we run we through with clients here at Mulcahy Co. So, um, yeah, number three, risk uh, risk plan. Number five, tax plan. Number six, debt plan. Number seven, retirement plan. Number 11, superannuation plan. And number 12, investment plan. So... Of the uh, of the of the twelve steps, mate. I think that's a record. You've got the you've got six, six items all top. in the one podcast. And you could probably you could probably tack on goals and objectives. My goal is to increase my tax return. My goal is to increase my super or my retirement savings. So we'll put that in. And it also helps with estate planning in a way. So you could you could pretty easily chuck another two or three onto onto <laughs> that. But Why it not? just goes to show that we have at least twelve value adds that we can provide at Mulcahy and Co. Um, and through one service offering, i.e., financial planning, we've tucked we've tucked touched on you know between six and eight just there so straight away absolutely yeah. so yeah. you know the value add that we as a firm as a firm provides is is pretty clear in the one in the one case study and and just if you if you're unsure what we're talking about with fs360 um listeners it's a program 12-step program we run through with clients here at um Olkanko and to sort of assist them on the road to financial security so that's our overall um goal here at Olkanko is to make uh, or help our clients um, achieve that sort of financial security and look financial security is a funny term Danny some people think it's you know does that mean I'm going to be rich at the end mm. or whatever but different people's um, assertions on uh, of what financial security is but it means uh, different things to different people and that, that's quite deliberate too so you know you don't need to be a squillionaire to be financially secure absolutely, absolutely. so yeah. it all comes down to number one on the 12 steps what are your goals and objectives what are you trying to achieve mm. and why and that's the first thing that we need to know to try and get you onto that that path to financial um, security and i think it's one of the things too danny that's um it's one of those reasons for our staff to turn up and uh you know do a good job every day for our mm -hmm. clients because we just know that what we're doing for our clients can actually make a really big difference to their life. So absolutely, um, nobody likes coming to work and just doing something for the sake of it. So I think the FS360 wheel, the 12 steps, really gives us all a higher purpose when we come to work. So look, thanks, Danny, for today. Uh, end of financial year opportunities, superannuation, deductions and more with Danny Archer. Um, you can catch up with Danny at our Geelong office. Uh, he's in the financial planning department as a planner. Um, but you can have a chat to any planners in any of our offices about today's um, topic. So... Thanks for joining me, Danny. No worries, Gavin. Thank you very much. So enjoy enjoy week. your folklore for lunch that you're about yes, to have. Yes, yeah, me bun me. I have my bun me every day. I went up there last week. It's completely packed, top to bottom. I couldn't get in. You can't get in. No. They're doing well. Amazing. Packington Street in Geelong. So 
I'll get him on as another, a sponsor. Another, another free plug. I'll get him as a sponsor <laughs> next week. So thanks, Danny, for joining us, and see you all next time, listeners. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.